So what's going on, everybody? It's Monday morning. Welcome back to Big Dog's Porch. Come on up, grab a seat. <clears throat> so I'm I'm finally getting the last little bit of remnants. My voice is still a little bit rough from that head cold, that vicious head cold from last weekend. Uh, my son got sick, and then my wife got sick, and my daughter's been walking around with a mask. <laughs> She was like, y'all ain't getting me sick. So, uh, my son went back to college on Sunday, last semester. Uh, he's awesome. I'm so proud of him. Uh, Carloman, uh, I love you. I'm proud of you, son. And I know that he, he told us that he wanted to take a year off because he wants to go to medical school but he wants to take a year off and now most parents would probably be like no you you know you can't do that and it's not good but my son is so driven that I trust him that he will take the year and then he'll go back and he he'll get his medical degree that he wants to get and he'll be a surgeon just like he has wanted to be now and <clears throat> which actually leads me into you know a pretty good point is that you know sometimes you have to step back right sometimes you you have to take a breather if you can't enjoy the journey, what's the purpose of it? You know what I'm saying? And and that, I, I think, you know, my son teaches me new stuff every, you know, every year. You know, something, and not just year. You know, it's not like one thing a year from him. But it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool that he... Um, that he wants to do that, and and I and I trust him to do it. So, uh, now I talked a little bit about this last week, and and but I want to definitely talk about it again this this morning. So, I, I missed two episodes last week, right? Because I, I said I wanted to do six days a week, right? And I really, you know, and like. Saturdays, I wanted to, it was, you know, like serendipity Saturday and, and, you know, talking about, you know, something that started off bad, but then turned out for good. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it and I talked to a couple of my riders on, you know, while I was out driving and stuff. And one of the guys sit there and goes, he goes, man, those sounds like pretty heavy subjects that you want to, that you're always talking about. And I says, well, they are because, you know, suicide is pretty heavy <laughs> you know what i mean and and the people who are considering it and thinking about it and planning it and and even attempting it and and let's not forget the ones who succeed at it it is a heavy subject and and i and i believe with with everything that i am that one of the main reasons I mean, look, there's a multitude of reasons. It's, it's, you know, it's not like this is the reason and that's it, right? But we've, I'm Generation X, right? And there's a generation that has just totally are not dreamers. And, and I see us doing it to, you know, another generation. But, and then you got the, the Generation Z now, right, who's after the millennials. Those guys are nothing but dreamers. I mean, so, you know, it's, it's awesome because they all are like, they're, you know, they're, they're doing all this stuff. And I see all these young people all the time in, in Gary V videos and, 
and you know they're asking them questions like 17 years old what can i do to be an entrepreneur like if if i know that i want to be an entrepreneur do i really need school and, and you know and of course gary v doesn't believe in school for everybody and and i understand that and there are lots of successful people that never went to college but i think people should at least finish high school and i and i'm not saying that gary v is telling them to drop out of high school right but uh you know he's definitely telling them that like you, you know you don't have to go to college and i agree with that there's there's a lot of things that you can do out there to get started especially in this day and age with the internet you know I mean, the internet is such a game changer. And if you just, you know, if you just get out there and, and just do stuff, right? And, uh, you know, last week, man, you know, um, missed two episodes to be honest with you, Wednesdays, I, I looked at metrics for confirmation, right? For the affirmation, for that, you know, to sit there and say that, hey, I've been doing something right. People are listening to me and, and you know, and the numbers aren't there yet. And, and like I said last week on Friday's show. You know, I, I just gotta I gotta trust the process. I mean, listen, I'm still raw, right? I'm I'm not as eloquent as a, a Zig Ziglar or, or some of these other you know Tony Robbins or you know Les Brown, Eric Thomas, right? I mean, but I I I believe in it, and and the thing is, is I think where the doubt crept in. Is because I'm not successful yet, right? In my mind, I am, but you know, there there's no evidence, and a lot of times, you know, people, you know, they they want to know well, what have you done? Why should I listen to you? I, and I remember this one video that Gary V, a young guy, like 22, 23 years old said, I want to be a motivational speaker. And Gary says, what, you know, I mean, unless you have this, you know, horrible story from your childhood, you know, that, you know, that you still succeeded and, and you know, lived up to this point now, what are you going to say that people are going to want to listen? And, you know, and I came, I and so, you know, the, those thoughts, creep in those thoughts those thoughts was like well why would somebody want to listen to me what credibility do i have i'm i'm still chasing my dream too see that's the thing though right because i am still chasing my dream see if you're not doing something for your dreams then, then, you know, you're, you're not progressing, you know, and, and dreams are so important as, and it's like, so a lot of things this weekend gave me confirmation and, and, and besides last, after last Wednesday show, you know, watch the movie, the tourist, as I said, again, and, uh, so that's it there and, and gave me confirmation as far as you know kind of the format that i'm going to do for wednesday the hump day wednesday and I, i'm going to stick with that right tuesdays you know taco tuesdays is basically you know the, the one where we're going to deal with you know weight and my weight and, and you know my process of getting healthy this year um if i do a show on saturdays it's just going to be silly because the, the, the writer sat there and said, he says, dude, you're funny as hell. Because we was talking about a, a certain subject. And, and he says, you're funny as hell. He says, you need to utilize that. And 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 so I am. I'm, I'm going to try to find some ways to 
bring levity into um, more, you know, because I I do think like I'm I'm not like a Kevin Hart funny or or you know or anything like that, but I have my quirky little sense of humor and and you know I get my writers laughing a lot, so I gotta be you know and I gotta utilize it. That's that's one of the things is you know when when you're progressing, you're chasing your dream. Find out what your strengths are and play to your strengths. And work on your weaknesses, but play to your strengths. Because when you play to your strengths, you're bettering your odds. You know, gambling, you know, they, they sit there and, you know, the house always has the edge, right? Well, you know, if if you sit there and you work to your strengths, then you're going you're gonna to reduce the house odds the proverbial they again <laughs> you, you know you're going to revert you're going to reduce their odds you're going to increase your odds so you know it's so last week was just kind of one of those little gut checks right head checks you know you get you get stuck in your own head you know and, and, and that little voice in there starts flapping its jaws and and starts telling you you know you're man look here would would you think he was the next Les Brown would you think he was the next Zig Ziglar no I'm, I'm the first Reinhardt I'm the first big dog I know a lot of other people call themselves big dog I'm the first Reinhardt. So, so what does that mean, right? Well, it means, you know, there's going to come, you're going to stumble. You're going to fall down. Right? But like Rocky said, Rocky Five, and I'm I'm butchering it. I'm not going to quote it perfectly. Okay, but he says, you know, you got to keep moving forward. That's what winners do. Keep moving forward. No matter how hard you get hit. No matter how many times you get knocked down, get up and keep moving forward. You know, there's an old adage about a little boy. He's in a race, right? And uh, he's, you know, and he's running. He's like his dad's in the first time his dad's at the race to watch him. And he's like, oh, I got I to gotta win for my dad. And so, they're, you know, they're at the starting line. And, and the guy says, the umpire, the referee, whatever, says, Go. And they all start running, and he right away trips and falls. And he lays down for a brief second. He thinks, like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. And he looks up, and he sees the kids. He says, but I think I could still catch them. So he jumps up, and he's running, and he's running. You know, I got to run extra hard. So he's running extra hard to try to catch them. He starts going around the corner, and he slips and falls. Now, for sure, he's like, this is done. This is stupid. I've fallen twice. I can't win. But he looks and he says, no, I still think I can catch him. And he gets up and he starts running again. And, you know, and he thinks, but I got to run even harder. I got to run even harder. And he's running around. He gets into the backstretch. He trips and falls again. This time, he's, he just lays there. He's just like, I'm done. There, I can't catch him. There's no way I can catch him now. You know, my dad, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed because my dad's seeing that I can't win a race. I can't even run. And he says, but I still got to finish. So he gets back up and he goes and he runs. And the kids start crossing the finish line and he runs around and he comes over and he crosses the finish line. 
and his dad runs down and grabs him and hugs him and he's crying and his dad says what's wrong he said i didn't win he said you know and 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 you you, you must not be proud of me because i didn't win and i wanted you to be proud of me and his dad said i am so proud of you because every time you fell down you got back up and you finished the race You know, Eric Thomas sits there and goes, we're going to go through pain. And I'm not quoting him precisely either. But he goes, you're going to go through pain. Don't stop, you know, because if you stop, then the pain's never going to go away. You're going to be stuck in that pain. And see, that's what a lot of us do. We stop. We wallow in it. Woe is me. Woe is me. My boss doesn't like me. You know, the, I'll never get a fair shot. You know, and we and we just we just stay there. And then we wonder why it's like life is so freaking hard. We don't understand. We're going like, you know, why is it look why does he make it look so easy? Why am I, you know, stuck here? It's cuz you stopped. Eric Eric Thomas goes, "You got to keep going." Look, you're already in pain. Just keep going. Get the reward for all the pain. It's eventually the pain is going to go away. Eventually. But see, unless you quit. And see, that's what a lot of us do. We quit. We're not like that little kid. We fall down. We're like, I'm done. We get up and we walk the hell off the racetrack. Nope. Not even. I'm I'm just not doing it. That's what a lot of us do. And I've done it myself. And I I think that's one of the reasons why I... I, 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 Look, I, I took a break through my late 30s and early 40s from pursuing anything of my dream and that's why my depression sit there and got deeper that's why my depression got darker and that's why when I finally sat and assessed my life I just didn't want to be in my life anymore and so I told my kids that I needed to leave Virginia told told my kids that I wasn't happy and, I, and this is where my kids thought that I, you know, left their mother. Because I told them I wasn't happy. And I wasn't happy in my relationship. I told my wife, too, that I wasn't happy. I hadn't been happy for a long time. And so, you know, my kids thought, you know, and I, and I told them, I said, I don't know if I, you know, if I can stay with your mom. And, and and so, you know, when I when I've you know, told people before that you know my kids you know thought that I left their mother, you know, I mean I put the idea in their head, didn't I? Right. But I wasn't leaving their mother because the plan was for her to come down and join me. Well, that was that was the plan that her and I talked about and of course there was the other plan that I was just going down there to commit suicide that nobody knew you know you have to 
sometimes you just you need to talk to somebody. And I I talked to Harvest. And we just we shot you know this shit. And not once did he bring suicide up to me. Not once did he sit there and he goes, "Are you suicidal?" He didn't he didn't need to. He just started talking to me about stupid things and then he he asked the simple question it really wasn't a question it was more kind of like a statement that started me dreaming again it was man wouldn't it be great for me and you you and me us to go to a Wrestlemania the biggest show of the year, right? And I just started thinking, <laughs> man. And I am. I'm. I'm. I'm going to go to WrestleMania. Yeah, you know, I, I said this. You know, last week. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna buy two t- two tickets. Right beside each other. I'm going to try to get as close to this front row. And one seat's going to be empty. And there's going to be a sign there with his picture on it. But you know, it's, 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 those, it's the little things, right? The little things that trip us up. So last week, I sit there and I got all caught up in the numbers. You know, and Gary Vee talks about this in Instagram. He says, you know, too many times we 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 wrap our self-esteem around how many followers we got and how many likes our video got. Like, oh my God, my video only got 100 likes. I'm like, I'm so done. I'm so devastated. It's just a video, right? I mean, like... I mean, it's just a video. But, you know, a lot of us get bent out of shape, and then we sit there and we look at somebody like The Rock, and we see The Rock has got one, you know, put a video out and gets one million likes. Well, The Rock is somebody, you know, that is extremely famous, you know. He's got millions of followers, Right. I don't know how many people actually follow him on Instagram. And and then we get, you know, we get bent because then we want to compare ourselves. Like, why can't I have his numbers? You know, why, you know, like, you know, somewhere in the back of our head, there's, there's that jealousy, right? Now, I can honestly say that that I don't have. I don't. I, I was telling my wife yesterday, I, I watched a couple of videos over, over the weekend, and, and they were semi-political in nature, and, um, and I'm not going to go, you know, into depth, because I said I wasn't going to talk politics, right? But they were semi-political in nature, and then one of them talked about the three richest people. And in case you didn't know, Bill Gates is now again the richest man in the world because Jeff Bezos' settlement got finalized for his divorce, so he lost half of his income. <laughs> like his his ex-wife has become like in the top ten richest people in the world just because she divorced him, right? Um. Anyways. So the three richest people all are right around $110, $115 million, right? A billion, sorry, I did say million, billion dollars, right? And, you know, we live in a time right now where people are saying that that's too much money for one person to have. Says who is my question. Says who? Says you? See, I, I don't look at it like that again, right? I don't sit there and look at it and go like, you know what? Bill Gates shouldn't have that much money. Jeff Bezos shouldn't have that much money. That so-and-so shouldn't have that much money. 
I look at it and go like, man, what do I need to do to get there? And, and I know, you know, and, and then I sit there and, and, you know, like beat myself up a little bit in a good way. Like, dude, you waited too long, not waited too long, but like, you know, you should have started earlier and, and it's all good, but it's still, see, it gives me something to run for. And remember this, it's never too late. It's never too late. If, if you think it's too late, let me tell you about the man who created Kentucky Fried Chicken, Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders also was on the verge of committing suicide. Because he'd lost everything, and his wife and his daughter and everything. And he says, what do I do better than anybody? So I make some pretty good fried chicken. He then went and got rejected a thousand times, and he finally sold his recipe to a restaurant. He was 65 years old. 65 65 years old. Fifteen years later, when he was 80, he was a billionaire. So it's never too late. Don't ever think it's too late. You might have got a late start. You might have. I have. I sit there and took a sidetrack. I, I, you know, I, I, I took every detour that they threw up in front of me. <laughs> like seriously. Sixty-five. When he was eighty years old, he was a billionaire. That's just, that's impressive. And if you're not impressed by that, you know, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. I am totally impressed by that. I, you know, because that gives me hope. You know, and um, I've forgotten who it was. I think it was Adam... Adam Smith, he was an economist, right? And he wrote a book about why millionaires are important in a capitalistic society, right? Because they give you a, a target, a goal, something to shoot for, and they show you that it can be done. I mean, look, you know, let's think of, you know, sports figures, right? How many little kids are in the backyard? Saying, you know, I'm I'm Tom Brady, I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm, you know, or you know, I'm Marshawn Lynch. How many kids are, you know, up at the school basketball court? I'm LeBron, I'm Kobe, I'm Michael Jordan. Why? Because those guys did it, set the benchmark, and now gives other people something to shoot for. You know, and it's and it's always funny. You know, I, I talked to my dad and and I said Dad, you know, get into the debate about who's the greatest basketball player that ever lived. And my dad sits there and goes like, oh, you got to sit there and like maybe Wilt Chamberlain or, 
or um Oh god, who was the guy from the Boston Celtics, right? Uh Bill Russell, right? Bob Cousy. Right? I mean, um, from a different generation, George, you know, George the Iceman Garvin. I mean, these, these are people, Oscar Robinson, right? These, these are people I never saw play. So to me, the greatest basketball player that ever played was Michael Jordan. And then, you know, Kobe came along. They said he was the next Michael Jordan. He wasn't. Kobe was an awesome player. Hated the team he played for. I'm not a Laker fan at all. But Kobe was an awesome player. But he wasn't a Michael Jordan. And he wasn't trying to be Michael Jordan. And now LeBron, and there's, you know, people, the young people are sitting there talking about LeBron's the greatest player that ever played. There's some young kid right now in the backyard playing on the hoop that his dad put up, you know, and in another 15 years, he's going to sit there and hit the NBA with a storm. And then all of a sudden, people are going to be talking about he's the greatest player that ever played. Is I mean, these people they they come along. Now listen, we don't have the height of a Bill Russell, six foot eleven, or a Wilt Chamberlain, seven foot, seven foot one, somewhere in there, right? Or, uh, uh, um, you know, we. Uh, God, what was his name? Shaquille O'Neal, right? Seven foot four, right? We don't we don't have the height that those guys had, right? But, you know, Michael Jordan was, what, 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", somewhere in there, right? LeBron James is, what, 6'8", right? And, you know, those guys, you know, Magic was 6'9". I mean, those guys, you know, played the game. And each one of them inspired a whole bunch of people to come and play after them. And that's what it's supposed to be. And and there's and that's what millionaires in in successful other successful entrepreneurs do for that next generation. There's some dude that looked at Bill Gates and goes like, Man, he's seventeen, eighteen years old right now. He's just getting started. And he looked at Bill Gates and he was like, I I want that. I I want to surpass him. And I got to create success. Y'all remember, um, oh, God, what was his name? Larry Ellison, Ellerson, right? Um, with that software company. And at one point, because uh, at one point, his software... Um, His software company took off, and and he uh, yeah was the very entrepreneur, co-founder, executive chairman of Oracle, right? That's it, of Oracle. And um, and all he wanted to do was to be richer than Bill Gates. I was like, and I thought that was kind of, um, I thought, you know, I thought that was kind of funny that like all he wanted to do was just to pass Bill Gates and and be the richest man. And I think he did it once. I think there for a short period of time, he was uh, richer than Bill Gates. But Bill Gates has been the standard bearer for so long now, right? Now here's... The sad thing, one of the other videos I was watching was talking about generational wealth, right? 
and and we've discussed it a little bit and generational wealth is is a myth um the, the guy sat there and he, he talked about two different families now the vanderbelts when when the original vanderbelt oh uh what's his name No, that's oh man, what's this? Um, oh, I can't find it now, anyways. Um Cornelius Vanderbilt. <laughs> okay. He, um, if you would bring him into modern era, he'd be richer than Jeff Bezos. He'd be double rich Jeff Bezos, like $300 billion. Within three generations, right, after he passed away, his great-grandson died flat broke. So the Vanderbilts lost all their money. Now, there are exceptions. The Rockefellers are on their sixth generation. They have 120 people living off the living, the, 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 trust, the trust fund, the trust account. And, but they are all productive members, right? They have their own little things. You, you look at you know these guys who are so wealth, wealthy now and you start to bring the rock of the original Rockefeller he'd be oh at one point he was the richest man in America and the world back in those days and he was worth like 500 million dollars you bring that up he'd be worth somewhere around 500 billion dollars and then Andrew Carnegie is said to have been the richest person in American history. If you would convert his wealth from his time to now, he would be worth somewhere between 600 to 700 billion dollars. That's sick, right? Not in a bad way, okay? First of all, let me clarify that. Not in a bad way. It's sick that, you know, but he revolutionized building construction with the steel. You know, not him, but it was, you know, the steel revolutionized the building construction, which allowed for skyscrapers. And he saw that and, you know, and he, you know, boom. He, he caught it. He did it. I mean, how many of, how many of our current people now sit there and look back and, and look back at these people and think, you know, like, ah, you know, forget. No, they, somebody somewhere along the line. And then that went on to the next person and that went on to the next person, you know, and now we got Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, look, Mark Zuckerberg is one of the youngest billionaires ever until, what's her name? The uh, Jenner girl, Kylie Jenner. I think, it, is it Kylie Jenner? She's a billionaire now. I think she's like 21 years old. They're necessary, right? They set the, just like the pro athletes set the benchmark for the future generations of athletes, successful businessmen, successful entrepreneurs set that benchmark for the next generation of businessmen and entrepreneurs. It, it works in all aspects. I mean, there's, you know, there, there's somebody who looked at 
John F. Kennedy and said, you know what, I want to be a president like John F. Kennedy. There's people that looked at uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt or Theodore Roosevelt or Woodrow Wilson or Ronald Reagan or Jimmy Carter or Bill Clinton or and, and Obama. I mean, how many young African-American kids are now saying, I want to be president, and it can be done because of him. They, you know, it, it's, just, it's just the way that the system works, right? This generation inspires the next generation. Or maybe not the next generation. Because generally, you know, the generational is yo-yo, right? So the the baby boomers, what they call the baby boomers, the people who were born during World War II, right? Uh, so you got the, the greatest, you know, generation, the ones who fought in World War II. And, and I think the baby boomers come, I think where it started to where it finished included people who were born. My dad's part of the baby boomer generation. So, and then you got our generation, which was called Generation X. We went, you know, my dad still came from a generation that whooped that ass. And then my generation was, you know, that generation that was like, did a hard left turn and goes like, I'm not whooping that ass. And it, it kind of had started, you know, there's a lot of baby boomers who decided they weren't going to do it either. But for the most part, you know, no. But my generation, huge, big, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do that, you know. And, and other things too. I just watched a great documentary on bourbon called Neat. Check it out, right? The documentary is called Neat. It's on Hulu. Check it out. And they were talking about it, you know, how at a certain point in the late 70s, early 80s, bourbon died out in the bar scene because people said, I don't want to do what my daddy drank. I want to drink other things, so clear liquids like, you know, the clear rums, the vodkas, the gins, the tequilas. They became prominent. And all of a sudden, in somewhere around the 2000s, bourbon started to make a comeback. And skipped a generation, right? Now bourbon's huge again. And, and I'll be honest with you, right? I, when, when I was younger and drinking, tequila was my drink of choice. It, if I had a drink, mixed drink, had to have tequila in it, right? I just recently discovered bourbon, you know, five, six years ago. And so, you know, I've been tasting a lot of different bourbons and broadening my palate and finding the things that I like, right? And, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I think it's so awesome. And there's a guy in, the, in, the, in that documentary. He's down in Nashville, Tennessee. And he, um, he has a speakeasy in his basement, I want to go, and I want I, I want to go to one of his parties that he puts on. He says he does a party three to four times a year. Maybe no, I think he said three times a year, right? So, I, I want to go to one of his parties one time. Like seriously, like oh my god, that would be so cool to be around a bunch of other people who enjoy bourbon like I do now, bourbon whiskey. I'm I'm not just primarily a bourbon drinker. I, I've there are some Tennessee whiskeys that I like, uh, uh, Irish whiskeys that I like. I'm, I'm not a scotch drinker. I don't like scotch. But bourbon, whiskey, some, some rye. Oh, man, that's awesome. But so watching that documentary, you know, there's another little caveat to the dream. 
you know got added on that's that's why one of one of my favorite songs is the song the river from garth brooks because he says the dream is like a river ever changing as it flows You know, a dream is like a river, ever-changing as a flow, and a dreamer's just a vessel that must follow where it goes. Listen to the song, guys. There's so many great songs out there. There's a... Um, I don't know how many of y'all watch America's Got Talent, right? So they're doing the, the champion edition again this time, the second time they're doing the champions. And they brought the guy back from a couple seasons ago, Mike Young. Uh, he was the subway singer, right? And... Um, Yeah, Mike Young. And I remember I'd seen a video of him. I knew who he was as soon as he, as the first time he showed up on the episode, right? But he, uh, uh, he did, um, he did, uh, after that thing, he, he hooked up with a guy and he did a song, um, about uh, what is it called here hold on a second here let me let me find the song title No, so he's um so he, he but anyways he he hooked up with a guy, an artist, they wrote a song together and uh and he sat there and he did uh and it's all about chasing your dreams. Yes. But yeah, just look him up on on YouTube, right? For um, you know, Mike Young back for Ultimate, you know, America's Got Cha Talent Champions, right? And just listen to the song he sings. You know, I it's so true. You know, and I um uh, so I watched that last night after I watched the the documentary on on bourbon, and it just sit there and again you sometimes you know when those those moments of doubt start to creep in and and all those things that start to trip us up from our race, and I I get confirmation and a lot of times what happens is is that you know we you know we don't look for it right but i do now i, I look for the confirmation not because i need it but just to sit there and and see if i'm on the right track or if i need to make course adjustment adjustments right because sometimes you're gonna have to make course adjustments remember the river 
you know, you just, you know, we're just the vessel. The dreamer is just a vessel. Has to follow where it goes. So, but anyways, guys, you know, it's it, it's Monday again. I promise I'm going to get better. <laughs> so, um, I, I think one of the things that, and I, I'm admitting to these, this to you now, is I think one of the things that I need to work on is, is when I come in, I need to be a little bit better organized and have the stuff that I want to talk about in front of me so I'm not wasting time looking for it, right? And uh, so I really need to do that. And, and that just means preparation. You know, hey, listen, there's going to be some of you that, you know, are going to find me still early in this in this development process. And then all of a sudden you know, two, three, four, five years down the road, you know, you're going to go like, man, I remember when he was rough as hell, (laughs) but listen to him now. He's great. And, uh, and that, you know, and that's going to sit there and happen. And I, and I appreciate all the ones that find me now and stick with me and, and wait for the, the, the labor pains to be over. Right. But, you know, big thing is though guys is is that you have to get a dream i'm telling you you know he when he was describing the song he says you know we wrote a song about being about dreams he says because most people don't get to live their dreams and it's it's most people don't get to live their dreams because they don't chase their dreams they don't, they don't, they don't, I mean, let's be honest, most, most of, most people, I, I remember one time I was talking to a guy and, and I said, you know, most human beings are like turtles, you ever watch a turtle, he goes and bumps his head, what does he do, you, you know, you, you, you flick him on his nose, he goes back into his shell, and he'll sit in there for a while, until he thinks that it's safe enough to come back out, and then he comes out tentatively, and he's just like, checking around him to make sure like okay it's safe but he moves slow always ready just to pop back into his shell to protect himself right that's how we are we 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 go through and next thing you know we you know we bump ourselves we you know we hit an obstacle so we we retreat you know retreat we go back into our own shells and then it takes time. Remember what Eric Thomas said. Only re- the, only, the only way the pain is going to stay is if you quit in the middle of it. Don't quit. You're already in the middle. What's that old adage? You know, if, you, if you're going through hell, don't stop. Keep on keeping on, man. There's no reason to stop. Anyways, guys, it's Monday. You're alive. It's another chance for you to start another week. Start chasing your dreams now. All it takes is a decision. It's all it takes. A decision to pursue your dreams. A decision that you... deserve to chase your dreams it's funny i mean because you know i say this and i i think back after saying that statement that how many times that i think thought i made that decision that i was you know it it was okay for me to chase my dreams and and i didn't but I am now. I'm 52 years old. Don't sleep on me. I, I'm going to bust my ass for the next two to five to ten years. Fifteen years, man went from wanting to commit suicide, Colonel Sanders. Fifteen years to being a billionaire. 
that was before the internet. That was before a lot of things. Right? This was in the what the forties, the fifties, the sixties, sometime in there. And then, I mean, look him up. Then he marries a extremely at that age an extremely attractive woman, right? It's never too late to get started. So how many other 50-year-olds, 50-plus-year-olds, 45-plus-year-olds, 40-plus-year-old guys out there right now? And you're just, you're just thinking like, oh, my God. It's not too late, brother. Hey. I'm doing it. And, and that's why I talk about it. Because I think that there's other people out there like me that need to hear. And I think me talking about it hopefully will give them permission to do it. Not saying they need my permission, but you you understand what I'm saying. It's like they're holding themselves back. And so they see another person who's fumbling around. I, I'm not refined like these other guys who've been talking. But they'll tell you too. Les Brown will tell you, look, he, he wasn't refined the first time he was doing it. And Eric Thomas will tell you too. All of them will. But I had a vision that was laid on my heart in the 90s that I was supposed to speak to large crowds of people. And I, I didn't pursue it. It was in the early 90s too, like 92, 91, 92, 93, somewhere in there. I didn't pursue it. About four or five years ago, it was laid on my heart again. And I started to pursue it, and then I stopped again. But it's, it's the underlining vision of everything. So, you know, so all the turmoil, all the things that I've gone through, the depression, the getting fat as fuck. All those things have led me to where I am now, which is where I'm supposed to be. To help you. To be an example for you. That if this fat fuck can do it, So can you. And I'm, I mean that in an endearing way when I call myself a fat fuck, okay? I'm not putting myself down. Well, so can you. You can do it. Hell, I'd, I'd like to hear from other 50-year-olds who has who is played by the rules that society has written for most of your adult life as I have mine. Uh, I, I was talking to my former landlord yesterday, and he reminded me that I've lived in you know the same house for since 1992. We moved in here, November of 92, and he was my landlord, and and he uh, holds the mortgage, right? Uh, we legal papers drawn up. It's not a rent to own type of deal. It's actual mortgage. You know the title's in our name, but there's a mortgage, and he's the mortgage holder. Anyways, so I was I was paying him yesterday, and he was talking. He was like, you know. Ever since I've known you, you've been an, an independent contractor uh, with a smattering of regular jobs in and out, you know, in between there. But you've always wanted to be an independent person. And, 
And it started me thinking, he's right. I, I have, I've always, that's where, that's, even when I was doing the right thing as a father, I was still trying to find, to, to, to do my thing too, which is to be an entrepreneur, to be in business for myself, to be, you know, and, and I, it's not that I didn't want to be self-employed because notice the, the, con, the contextual difference, right? An entrepreneur owns things, self-employed, you just, you just, it's a job, you just, you're your own boss, right? I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to, I want to build something that I can walk away from and it still grows. And I can still reap the benefits of it. And that's what I'm going to do. Come along for the journey. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I always end it, which I'm getting ready to do again, the way I do now. It's, let's do this. Come on back. The Big Dog's Porch. We'll see y'all next time. Let's do this.